Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Intentfulness. So for today's episode, I'm going to be doing something a little different. I made an announcement not too long ago that I will be presenting at the Millennial Social Work Conference this year, and I'm really excited. Um, This is actually one of the first times that I'm presenting something related to my brand and presenting something that I'm actually very passionate about. This is not the graduation speech. This is not me presenting in a classroom. This is something that I am doing because I enjoy it. So it it has so much meaning for me, but at the same time, I'm pretty nervous because you never know if people will care about what you're talking about. But of course, if they're signing up for my workshop, then it's likely that they have some interest in it. So I'm rested, resting assured in that. That sounds crazy, but y'all know what I mean. Um, so anyways, moving forward, I am actually going to be putting this up likely after the conference and it'll be up for a limited time. So I'm going to suggest that you have your notes out so that you can remember some of these gems that I'm going to drop, right? Despite some of the nerves, I am really excited about this. And I feel as though a lot of people are going to get something from it, if not one thing, um, because intentional productivity is so important and self-care is important. And I really hope to be able to provide some tools to someone. Um, like I said, even if it's just two people, this work is is really meaningful to me. So in a few short seconds, I will be doing a kind of light presentation specific to the slides that I've created. But before we continue, I am just going to ask if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, get the notification for when I upload. It is bi-weekly. And sometimes, I mean, it's a long amount of time. You might forget. So just subscribe so that you know. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram. It is intentfulness underscore so that you can see what's going on, catch up with some of my, my debt payoff updates, maybe some of my reels around my routines and so on and so forth. I have some interesting things coming out, so don't miss out on it. Welcome to my presentation on intentional productivity, subtitled How Doing Less Can Help You Thrive. I am passionate about this topic because of my own experiences with being, well, not so productive. I have a history of being a chronic procrastinator, but also a self-proclaimed hustler, which often left me feeling burnt out. I grew up in a Haitian household, and so we firmly believed in the importance of hard work, but not so much about the importance of balance. This was birthed after years of normalizing what I believe is chronic burnout and fatigue and just wanting to do something different. So to introduce myself, my name is Lori Bertrand. I am a licensed certified social worker and I use the she, her pronouns. I'm the founder of Intentfulness Coaching and the Intentfulness Podcast. As a coach, I help new business owners, uh, with accountability support, goal clarification, and goal setting, in addition to providing productivity support. And as a podcast host, I talk about intentional productivity 
intentional spending, and how to live an all-around intentional life. As a full-time worker, I am a psychotherapist at a Black-owned private practice out of Boston, Massachusetts. There, I meet with an array of clients, both male and female of all ages. Currently, right now, a lot of the folks that I meet with are millennial BIPOC folks with a history of anxiety, depression, and some low self-esteem. I want to take a second before we get into the objectives of this presentation, but I, I want us to take a second and think deeply and see if you check a lot of these boxes. Have you ever described yourself as a busy person? Have you said to yourself that there is not enough time in the day? How many of you have post-its everywhere around what you need to do and yet you still wait till the last minute to get it done? Lastly, how many of you consider yourselves master multitaskers? Like I'm talking, y'all got a ton of screens up, you're scrolling on Instagram, and you have your favorite show on. Now, if you've checked any of these boxes, which I'm sure you have, (laughs) I'm speaking to you today. We have normalized actions like this, not realizing that they actually reduce our abilities to produce meaningful work. What if I told you that the human mind was not built to multitask? That procrastination is just a painful cycle of anxiety rooted in fear or struggles with perfectionism? That there was enough time in the day and that just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're being productive with that time. By the end of this presentation, my hope is that you all would get something out of it and that you'll be able to apply some of the tools that I show you today in your own lives or in the lives of someone else. Collectively, it's important that we reduce work, goal, and business anxiety and start producing quality work that we're proud of and reduce symptoms of burnout. So what we will be talking about today is going through what intentional productivity is, how we can do less. We're going to talk about our toolbox, so tips, tools, and apps. And then we'll be talking about self-care and productivity. First, let's take a second to define intention and productive. So intention is a thing intended, an aim, or plan. And productive means achieving or producing a significant amount or result. When you take those two words together, it comes where it gives birth to my definition of intentional productivity, which is taking deliberate actions or purposeful actions to achieve a significant goal or task. We want to take you from being confused about what you need to do because there are so many options or so many distractions to giving you a straight route into your goal. With intentional productivity tools and methods, you will be able to create a clear pathway towards your many goals. But first, let's talk about why you aren't productive. So let's talk being busy versus being productive. So busy means being occupied, doing things that just take up time. This definition says nothing about producing results. For example, 
I went snow tubing with my friends the other day. I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram, you saw this. But it took around seven hours to drive snow tube and drive home. If anyone asked me if I had plans that day, I probably would have told them that I was busy because I was. I was doing something that took up a lot of space and time in my day. However, I didn't produce anything. To be productive is to produce something. Busyness just takes up your time. How many times have you said that you were productive when you were actually just busy? Think about that for a second. Another thing is some of the goals that you're creating are unattainable or unrealistic. And I am so guilty of this. Goals are too difficult, too broad, and set with unrealistic timeframes. If you are someone who sets a resolution in December, you are constantly creating a goal yearly. However, did you know that only 19% of people actually achieve those goals over the course of two years? So not even completing the goal for the year intended because of how unattainable those goals are. This is because when we set goals, we are not the best at measuring our own ability to achieve them. We're too busy looking at the end goal. So if you have plans to work out every day for a year, it sounds doable because there are so many options. You can go for a walk around the block. You can jump rope. You can go on YouTube, get a Peloton. You can dance or just go to the gym. But people don't really factor in that that's a whole life change. If you weren't going to the gym before, you can't expect to just go to the gym every day. And so when you set a goal like that, you are setting yourself up to give up prematurely and ultimately feed into whatever negative thinking that you might already have. The third reason why you might not be productive is you're procrastinating. And I'm talking about what can be seen outside of a potential diagnosis of ADHD. So these are all of the people who say or normalize finishing their work last minute, saying that they work best under pressure or best last minute, or even people like myself who passed in or submitted their papers in an 1159. Maybe you even procrastinate so much that you forgot about it altogether. You don't procrastinate on things that are fun. You procrastinate on things that are unpleasant or anxiety producing. Some other reasons why people procrastinate are perfectionism and low self-esteem, right? Thinking, what if this isn't good enough? What if people don't like it? What if people don't get it? And then you what if your way into doing it last minute or maybe not doing it at all. The sad thing about product, uh, procrastination that people don't understand is that it actually can have an effect on your health. In a study by Soroy titled, I'll look after my health later, it found that chronic procrastinators actually have higher rates of stress, lower rates of life satisfaction, and a greater number of acute health problems, meaning your procrastination comes at a cost. Another reason is tech distractions. Tech, a man's best friend, something that is useful and always around us. Did you know that the average American adult spends 11 hours a day on average interacting with media? And this is not just your phone. 
tech affects productivity because the constant notifications that you get on your phone actually interrupt your flow state. So that state of when you're in deep focus. And depending on what that notification is, it can increase your anxiety, which can cause you to freeze. And another study shows that it takes an average of 15 minutes to reorient yourself to primary tasks after a distraction such as an email. Imagine trying to maintain deep focus and think about how many notifications you could be getting in a two-hour span. That could potentially be a lot of interruption. So now that we talked about that, let's talk about how we can actually do less so that we can thrive and be productive. So first, we're going to talk about discipline. A lot of times we just rely on motivation, right? We want that constant burst of excitement from something. And we can get motivation anywhere. We can get it from our friends, from the internet, social media sites. It's literally everywhere. But what people don't realize is that motivation is fleeting. Motivation can't carry you to your goal. Discipline does. And when we're able to take motivation and discipline and use them in conjunction with one another, we're truly able to achieve all that we want to achieve. Your internal reasoning that forces you towards a path, towards achieving a goal is motivation, but the effort that you put in to achieve it is discipline. And that is a quote that I found online by an unnamed person. The second thing we're going to talk about is setting clear goals, right? We just talked about how we are not so good at setting goals. I am the queen of vague goals. But when I started implementing these two methods together, I was able to start creating goals and was also able to create a clear path. So first, we're going to talk about SMART goals, which I'm sure at this point everyone has heard of. But SMART goals are a framework of goal setting that allows for you to create a specific goal and follow through with the plan. SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Specific meaning the who, what, where, when, and why. Measurable, asking what evidence will prove that you're making progress. Attainable meaning can you actually accomplish it during a time frame? Relevant, does it matter? Does it align with your values? And time bound, when are you going to finish it? Now, SMART goals are great. And I think they're an awesome framework to use to create a plan. But sometimes I still feel like a lot of people aren't able to really chisel down a specific goal. So I found another method to use in conjunction with this. It's a method created by Brian Tracy, who is a leader in productivity. This method asks for you to take a major goal that you have and structure it as a question and put it within a 12-month time frame. So if your goal is to earn extra $10,000, you'd ask the question, how could I earn an extra $10,000 in 12 months? After you do that, you are going to write 20 answers 
to that question. Answers could range from, I can work extra shifts. I can Instacart or do Uber. Maybe you can finally start selling those beads on Etsy. And I urge you, if you do do this, to answer 20 times. It can be hard, but you'll start seeing that some of these answers are really obvious. Once you get your answer, depending on what it is, you can insert it into your SMART goals. So if your SMART goal ends up being, all right, I want to create a PDF for my coaching business, you can start making a plan via your SMART goals to accomplish it daily within a time frame. Next, we're going to talk about multitasking and the dangers of it. Humans are actually monotaskers by nature. Our brain cannot handle doing two things at a time. You're actually just switch tasking, which means that you're rapidly moving from one thing to another and we are interrupting ourselves every time we do that. When that happens, efficiency drops down to about 40% and you are not using the full extent of your brain when you multitask. Now, when you single task, meaning focusing on one thing at a time intently, it actually improves your focus and memory decreases work-related stress, increases your creativity, promotes self-discipline and commitment to work, strengthens us against distractions and conserves energy. And you're able to use the full extent of your brain, really pushing forth some of that creativity that you might need, depending on what you're doing. Lastly, I want to talk about the importance of saying no. Now, I think a lot of my friends know at this point that my no game, my boundary game is really strong. Why do you think we say yes? If you struggle with people pleasing, like myself, you probably say yes because you don't want to be seen as rude, arrogant, or unhelpful. Or maybe the thought of straining the relationship outweighs the commitment to your time and energy. When this happens, You saying yes to other commitments, you're saying yes to other people. You're saying yes to things that you might not be connected to. And you are continuously saying no to yourself, your needs, your energy, and your goals. So let's talk about how to say no. Now, you can use a hell yeah or hell no method by Derek Sivers. Now, essentially, his goal is to think about you know, whether, whether you're getting too excited or not, or if you are excited about something, say yes. If it's something that you believe fuels you and it would be a no-brainer to do this, yeah. If it doesn't excite you to the point of saying hell yeah, then it's a no. Now, if that's too much for you, then you can take a step back, say, that sounds okay but I need some time to think about it. I'll get back to you on this date or this time. This is a method that I try to use often and I purposefully add a date or time to it because it holds me accountable to that person, to that agreement, and it gives me some time to also think about it. 
Now, within that time, if you feel positively about it after processing, then it's a yes. If you believe it's a reason that will cause you to resent someone, say no. If you start to worry about their feelings in your response, then I would really consider saying no. Now let's get into some tools that you can use daily to help increase your productivity. You can use some organizational assistance such as Google, utilizing time blocking or task batching. You can utilize Notion and Trello, which are workspace apps, or bullet journaling, which is a fun way to create your own agenda. You can use some time management methods such as the Pomodoro method. And essentially what that is is you have 25 minutes of deep focus and a five-minute break. And I would even suggest for that five-minute break, consider scheduling a distraction. If you are someone who needs to check your phone, say when it's time for your break for that five minutes, you're going to scroll through your phone. But the second that timer is done, get back to work and continue it until you are done with your work or satisfied with the amount of work that you've done. Lastly is the Ivy Lee method, which is a daily routine for productivity. So how to implement the Ivy Lee method? At the end of each workday, write down six of your most important things that need to be accomplished tomorrow. Prioritize them in the order of their importance. And then when you start work the next day, you start with the first task, continue it till completion, and then move on to the next. And you're gonna complete everything in that order and do it the same thing the next day. This method works because it's simple and calls for deep focus and it removes the friction of starting the task. You don't have to think too much about it at all and you can just get right into the workday. Next, we're gonna be talking about some productivity apps. So the Flora app and Focus Keeper are both Pomodoro timers that you can use. There's a productive habit tracker that you can use um, in case you are thinking about finding ways to measure all of your progress. And of course, I mentioned before Notion, which is a great productivity app that you can just put right on your phone. If we are talking about accountability, which I find very important if you're talking about productive work, enlist an accountability partner get someone that you can trust not someone who's just going to cheerlead you the whole time but someone who is also going to call you out on your stuff you need a true tribe around you if you are going to be accomplishing these huge goals that you have another thing is a habit tracker which we discussed the importance of just checking your progress then creating personal deadlines for projects and follow-ups, so putting it on your calendar, setting alarms, or hiring a productivity coach for continuous support, which is like an elevated accountability partner. Lastly, we're going to talk about the connection between self-care and productivity. Forgoing self-care actually negatively impacts your work. When you don't care for yourself, your mood, productivity, and quality of work are likely to suffer. Now, a lot of times people think that if they have a lot of work to do, they need to just fight through it, take a working lunch, or spend an extra hour after work to get it done. However, that never works because you have to have a clear head to be your most productive and perform well. Studies actually show, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone, that students who eat breakfast actually do better before a standardized test. 
That is a perfect and clear illustration of the link between self-care and performance. Now, yes, self-care can be as simple as taking care of your basic needs, but it also looks like saying no, asking for help, forgiving yourself, putting yourself first, setting boundaries, or even spending time alone. Make sure that you take steps daily, not just once a week, but daily to preserve and improve your health. So now let's review all that we've learned. Practicing intentional productivity creates attainable goals, creates awareness of distractions and reduces them by making plans, teaches you to say yes to yourself and no to what doesn't serve you, focuses on doing one task at a time to produce meaningful and creative work, focuses on discipline and not just motivation, and honors your energy and encourages self-care. I want to thank you all for joining me today to talk about this topic, and I hope that you understand the importance of intentional productivity and how it can improve your life. Thank you so much. And any questions that you have, feel free to email me at intentfulness at gmail, or you can follow me on Instagram and ask me questions in my DMs, or you can use the question portion here on Anchor or Spotify. Thank you. All right. So that is the end of the presentation. Of course, um, this is not exactly how I'm going to be presenting it. This is more so practice. I plan on adding a few more areas for engagement and maybe some conversation. This is a shortened version as well. So it'll be a little bit longer, like I said factoring in some of that engagement so thank you so much for listening i'm so happy to be able to have this platform to share this with you and of course practice because you know your girl needs it but until next time i'll talk to you soon bye